The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks, Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Richard. Hey. So we're, we're in our, our, uh, our psychic thread here. Yeah. And um, I thought one thing that I kind of wanted to focus on today is you know, there's obviously a lot of mystery around psychic powers. And I think because there are a lot of misconceptions as well. Yeah. And uh, so I pulled together some questions or even some themes. And misuse. Uh, and misuse. I'm Pro- yeah. Yeah. Of course. Mm. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit about that on the past show, actually. Yes. We might get into that bit here. Sure. But I pulled together some questions, I think some themes as well being asked over the years, and I thought I'd just kind of weave these in. Sure. But one of the first things I'd like to come back to, you know, if anyone's picking this up for the first time, is just just talk very briefly about what psychic powers actually are. I think you gave a definition on a, a, you know, a few shows ago that was really mm. helpful, mm. Um, especially in comparison to, like, the intuition, which is something from within us. Yeah. So when we talk about psychic powers, what are we talking about developing there? Well, generally, we're talking about developing one of the senses... Um, you know, like there are five tattvas, there are five pranas, mm. there are five senses. I always bring this back to yoga teaching myself. Yeah. Um, and they can all be extended into other metaphysical realms, let's yeah. put it that way. So you've got all of them. I mean, touch, taste, smell, hearing, and vision. And they can all be expressed psychically. Because... Uh, th- um you know, there's obviously a long history of magic in, in our society, performing yeah. arts and things like that. And so people kind of, I don't know, I get the impression people, you know, because that we know that that's not real, people kind of tend to assume yeah. that, you know, the psychic powers or senses mm. that we're talking about are also not real. But it's helpful to understand that these are actually grounded in a yoga understanding. And that, I think so, yeah. because you get a lot of um, shamans, Mm. who want to be showmen. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that in. But, you know, you, you do, you do uh, get You heard that. of Richard Lawrence here. <laughs> and you get a lot of fakirs who are fake. Okay. Um, but, you know, you do get that tendency sometimes, even in genuine people, mm. and I know of a couple, mm. who will actually use also tricks. I see. And, and there are people who are tricksters who are actually using let's just say, mind control techniques mm. as part of their act. I see. So it does mix up. Now, psychic things, obviously, you want to get... It's nothing to do with that. Mm. And this is why I come back to unlock your psychic powers, because then you will have the experience. And you'll find out, by the way, and that's one thing I, I really want to help people to do when I do teach them, is to find out what is right for them, because we're all different. I mean, which one of these? Which one of these? I mean, there's another one, which is clairsentience, Mm -hmm. which is just picking up emotions and feelings from people. And this is very common. I mean, there's a phrase that's commonly used, I feel your pain. What does that mean? Mm. It's often... And sometimes, you know, you can be sitting next to somebody. I bet you there's people watching this have had things like this. And suddenly you get a headache. And actually you haven't got a headache, but the person sitting next to you has a headache and you're uh-huh. picking it up. Yeah. Um, or you can pick up that a person, they might be putting on a brave face, but they actually, they're, they're struggling emotionally. 
I mean, the reason I got into uh, psychic powers, I think I may, I don't want to repeat myself on the spiritual freedom. It's a very bad <laughs> habit to repeat yourself. Something people do when they get older, I'm told. <laughs> no. I'm told. But I, I was, um, the reason I got started with, with Dr. King anyway, when he told me off, have we had this story in New York? In New York? In New York. Oh, uh, no, go on. Oh, OK. So I was, I was in New York with Dr. King and Ray Nielsen. OK. And we went there for a, a particular event, the, the, the three of us, and Monique, but she wasn't with us that day. Ah, uh, this is the, the dinner table. The dinner table. OK, okay so yeah. I was talking to a woman. OK. You know, I won't repeat the whole story then. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the woman, the point I'm making there, it was I could feel, and I was a developing psychic then, I could feel her how she felt, you know, although she was actually crying, so it was fairly obvious, but mm-hmm. I could it was a clairsentient okay. uh, kind of reading that I was giving her that she found very helpful and then told Dr. King about, and then he mm-hmm. told me off mm-hmm. because he said, You never told me you could do this, and then he set me up I as see. a psychic yeah, consultant. Yeah. That's yeah. the background to that. So a lot of people experience clairsentience. The, the you know, they are even over a distance. And sometimes you get a thing, I must phone someone. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you do, and it's exactly the right moment. When I used to do a lot of radio phone-ins in the UK, uh, late-night shows all over the UK, um, one woman phoned in who said that, you know, a phone call, uh, actually, that she just wasn't planning to make, hadn't just purely a gut feeling, actually saved somebody's life. So, you know, I haven't checked into all these, but you hear these incredible yeah. anecdotes. Oh, yeah, I've definitely um, had anecdotes It's myself, very yeah, common. From people I know. And people are yeah. having it. Mm. It's just that there's this conditioning out. I mean, in a previous show, I mentioned the legal profession. I'm only t- taking it as one example, sure. but the, you know, the ethics of being what we call in England a barrister or an attorney um, who's representing a client in court, they, are, they have to represent whoever they represent to the very, very best of their ability. And this, the theory of all that would be, in my humble opinion, fine if there was no such a thing as intuition. Mm-hmm. Because you wouldn't know. You might have an opinion which could be wrong, but you wouldn't know. Based on the facts presented If in the you defense. were an advanced, intuitive person with psychic knowledge... I mean, the thing that psych, one of the things psychic ability gives you is the access to information that's not available. Mm-hmm. The premise of many things in our world, not just law, is using available information. Well, available information can be very limited. Yeah, actually, in law, it's strictly controlled, isn't it? Yeah, and controlled as well. Yeah. Uh, but if you were highly intuitive and you just knew that the client you were represent- representing was actually guilty and you were representing them in court, I think there'd be an ethical issue then. Mm-hmm. So the less... Ironically enough, psychic, <laughs> psychic you are. You are. You know, there's, there's a sort yeah. of um, a merit from your professional point of view in, in not developing mm. psychic. And so, and that's not just law. I think this goes to many other things too. Mm. Um, in, in you know, in this world, and it goes into the educational system, which I think is why the mastery theorists once called universities frustration centres, mm. because yes, there's a lot of learning there. There's a lot of opinion there. But there isn't that, on the whole, this is a very creative department, that metaphysical, mystical thread which is needed in education and would change it entirely. It wouldn't do away with learning at all. 
Yeah. It wouldn't do away with logic at all. Mm. The two, uh, and psychics who, who do away Good with point. logic are in difficulties. Yeah. You've got to be logical. You've got to be analytical. But it's another mental attribute which is being ignored. You know, one of the great things, and it's, it's actually in the nine freedoms, which we're based on here, there are two things attributed to psychic man in this book, in the fourth freedom. Oh, yeah. One of them relates to the dispensation of spiritual energies as the best way to relieve psychic frustration. We might come back to that at sure, some point. Yeah, yeah. But the other one is about the psychic man, not mental man, psychic man, so controlling, I haven't got the exact words in front. Well, let's get the exact words and rather than me sort of making them up. Psychic man can so control the subtle universal life forces that he can bring about strict mental control. By so doing, he is capable of concentration. He can at this stage so enhance his concentrative abilities that he's capable of contemplation with open-minded diligence, which will bring about an even greater awareness, a greater understanding, and which will begin to open the door of enlightenment. You note that, by the way, contemplation mm. will begin to open the door of enlightenment. Not meditation, which is a higher stage, even but higher. contemplation. Mm. And it's in the contemplation stage that you are developing your psychic abilities. But it all comes down to controlling the subtle universal life forces, or one of the best ways to do that, of course, not the only one, but one of the best, perhaps, is breathing exercises, yoga yes. breathing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to bring about mental control, which brings concentration. Why is it that you have this, I know it's um, a joke figure, but this concept of the absent-minded professor? Mm -hmm. Because... The absent-minded professor has a lot of knowledge, masses amount of knowledge, but lacks concentration. If, you, if one had concentration, one can get to the very core of an issue. Samadhi mm. is a state to the power of XXXXX yeah. of concentration. They are degrees of concentration. But at the contemplation stage, because of conditioning, in our educational system, in our scientific approach on this world, blockages come in. I actually believe there are certain um, you know, brilliant scientists, researchers, uh, and possibly academics and others, who must be getting contemplative... They must be moving into contemplation. They must be getting certain things. They, they might think... They will think, probably because of conditioning, though... It's not real. They'll mm. think it's either my imagination or they'll disregard it and say, well, I don't know that. Yeah, I don't you, know that's true. Makes that's you just wonder a, about people like Isaac Newton and things like, you know. Yeah, and some of them did. I mean, mm. Einstein talked, didn't he, about having realisations after a daydream. Oh, really? I didn't, I didn't yeah. know that. And Isaac Newton, by the way, spent, since you mentioned him, spent far more time doing alchemy than he did doing physics or science. Interesting. And so the, the, I, I don't think that's by chance. He was doing all that. And then he sees, I, I don't know what the, the chronology here, but he sees an apple falling down and suddenly realises, oh, gravity. Mm. Most people have seen apples, haven't thought, oh, gravity, well, up to that Hundreds day. of years. Yeah. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, it does affect your consciousness as well. Mm. You'll see things in a certain light, uh, a light you might, some people would call it, of genius. Mm. But then genius is just an ability taken to a certain level which is, is definitely applying psychic uh, factors uh, in one way or another. And quite a few geniuses, by the way, in history have, have channeled unconsciously 
-hmm. One or two consciously, William Blake, for example, consciously, oh, yeah, but on okay. the whole unconsciously. Um, but far, far better if they'd done it knowingly and far more effective and far more controlled and the results would be greater and they as an individual would then go beyond the stage of genius to a higher stage, which is adeptship. Wow, inspiring. I think, I think you know, there's, there's some really good things there in terms of clarifying you know, what we mean by psychic power because one thing that really comes across is that it's innate. It's innate. Yeah, it's it is innate. so innate. And, and yeah. a lot of the systems and you know, education system and even professions and what, as you've described, actually suppress and block um, the expression of these psychic powers, mm. which actually causes the frustration that you, that you talked about mm. there. So we have, we, we're living in a society that suppresses and causes the tremendous frustration within us because we, we, we're not, you know, unless we you know, read the nine freedoms and other spiritual teachings and we're discovering these other outlets in order to express this. Mm. But, um, and so I think that's, that's a very interesting expert as well. But also that's very common. I mean, like you yeah. said, there's all the different phrases that people use. Oh, yeah. you know, my gut to know, I've got a hunch yeah. or, you know. So it's actually like, it's innate, uh, it's common, and it's something that we're blocking. And, uh, and the answer here is obviously that we need to find expression yeah. for, for these psychic powers which are within each of us and which we can all develop. Yeah, and most people don't know that they can train themselves in this. I love this angle, yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's not just a sort of haphazard thing, it'll happen mm -hmm. or it won't. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what Dr. King revolutionised with healing. Yeah. When, when You Two Can Heal came out, um, I, I, was, I was only 23, but I was the press officer of the Ethereum Society in oh, yeah. the UK, and I was taking it round various organisations that existed there, big ones, big healing ones, and they didn't believe that. And they said to me, said, you know very well, don't you, that you've either got it or you haven't. I mean, well, you, you're either... Yeah. And that was in the, the sort of late 70s, in that period. Um, Dr. King said, you too can heal. Now, all the same groups, some of them still exist, are teaching people to heal, which is great. Mm -hmm. And you've got Reiki has come along, or it's certainly been sort of made known in the West after that date. And so people are now being trained. But they weren't then... And likewise with psychic abilities, in the right way. But mm. there, again, you see, I don't think that most people who teach psychic development, with all due respect to them, um, do it from the yoga point of view. The, and by yoga, I don't mean the physical exercises, sure, the asanas, sure. yeah, but yeah. the more advanced, the breathing exercises. I mean, you take the other clause, for example, in here, in the, in the fourth freedom, about mm. psychic man. Man, not meaning male. Sure. We have to keep Thank saying you. that. Yeah. In those days, man was a generic term for people. Sure, yeah. And some people may not agree with that, but it was, and that's yeah. what it means. Yeah. So... It, this is another one. Psychic man can escape from his prison of psychic frustration by tasks such as the dispensation of energies upon a psycho-spiritual level, such as the rendering of spiritual healing. Mm. Of all tasks capable to psychic man, this is the most beneficial, by which I think is meant here, beneficial to others. Yeah, got it. And, and the point here being that the dispensation of energies isn't limited to spiritual healing. That's an example, such as such spiritual. As, yeah. An even greater one, and both are great, but an even greater one would be prayer. Mm. And we've had a person here who's, who's come here um, to a prayer meeting not very long ago who wouldn't call himself psychic, who has stood up. We, we do Operation Prayer Power. We have a battery, uh, and he has one hand the battery. He's been praying for many years, this, this man. He's an elderly gentleman from Torquay called Brian. Mm -hmm. And 
he came along right. and he was praying and his right hand was completely cold and his left hand which was in a mudra which i won't do now was was completely warm the mudra being a receptive hand the hand of the battery being an active hand mm. um, so that was one phenomenon he's not i mean i've had that and i think one or two may have had that yeah. but then he heard the energy wow. I haven't had that experience in the way he described it. I've seen it, but I haven't heard it. He said it was as loud as a vacuum cleaner. Wow. And he was, in a, he was stunned for a day or two afterwards by this. And he gave permission to me to, to, to mention this, or wow. I wouldn't be mentioning it. But that's just an example of someone who was dispensing spiritual energies yes. on a psycho-spiritual level, yes. who was also releasing himself from the prison of psychic frustration. <laughs> And to, having to a natural yeah, yeah. experience, yeah. which happened to be a clairaudient one. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that's a great illustration of the point. One other um, element I wanted to go into is there's other things that people talk about which are not really senses per se. I mean, things like levitation or invisibility. or how, What are those and how do those fit into the picture here in terms of... Well, sometimes you do get physical manifestations and levitation is physical. So that's where it's different from astral projection, mm. which is not physical. That's where you leave the physical body in your astral body and travel to another realm. It's extremely difficult. I think... I think... I think it's maybe the most difficult thing that I've ever done. Okay. <laughs> and, and I don't do it regularly. I just set out, I was determined to do it. I spoke to Dr. King about it, managed to do it once. I mean, it happens quite naturally sometimes, by the mm. way. Mm. And many, I think the, the most wonderful thing about this is people having these experiences who, you know, they feel so liberated. They are freed from this prison. They oh my gosh, I can do this, and you see them as nothing better than seeing people experiencing their real potential, yes. even in small ways. It's great to describe it that yeah. way. Yeah, and you know, I saw a poll not you know not so long ago that I think it's one in ten people have had an out of body experience. It's a massive. It's not just a few people. It's it's millions of people. I've had an experience one way or another. I, I go on a show quite often with a friend of mine called James Whale. Oh yeah, <clears throat> on Talk TV. And he had an experience in a dentist chair, actually, where he actually left the body while he was under anaesthetic and he was watching it. Lots of people have, have had that kind of thing. I think if we opened up, and let's open up, people want to write into the Spiritual Freedom Show yeah. with your psychic experiences, we'll try and share them because it's encouraging to people mm. to hear about this going on from people who, again, wouldn't call themselves psychic. I went to a, a holy mountain in Cornwall called Brown Willie with my father when I first found the society. He wasn't that keen. He was, a, he, he was a religious man. He's passed on now, of course. But he was a religious man. But he was open-minded enough to climb Brown Willie with me because he knew we were on holiday in Cornwall and I'd just oh, yeah. found the society. Uh, and actually, I had some UFO sightings while I was there as well at hmm. night, which were slightly, I was slightly awed by. I was very new. I was only 19, I think. But anyway, we, we went up Brown Willie together he, I did some prayers, and he sat with me. And while we were there, he told me afterwards he'd left the body. Told you this. He told me this. This is my father, who was, you know, a sort of, I won't say an establishment figure, but he, he had a very respectable job and, and so forth, and he was um, a Christian, actually, I think, on the local synod of his church, etc. Mm -hmm. um, 
But he, yeah, he said he was literally flying around all over that region watching for a while while I was praying. Wow. And this is a, you know, and I've actually never mentioned that before, but I don't think, I'm sure he wouldn't mind now. He might have minded then, but he wouldn't <laughs> oh, mind yeah, okay. Um, you. So, you know, this, this, there, are, there are all sorts of people having these experiences. Now, levitation, though, which you mentioned, is much, much more rare because mm. that's when you actually, your physical body lifts up off the ground. Mm. There are some organisations who spend, spend inordinate amount of time just trying to do what they call yogic flying or get their body up almost as a, you know, as a gimmick. It, it, it's, if, if you do it, now, Dr. King definitely levitated, mm. and he was witness levitating, actually, by his niece. It's, it's in his biography. We put the story in. Um, but that was a result of his yogic powers. He did it once while praying. His aim wasn't, I want to levitate. His aim was, I want to pray. I see. And these things can happen, but they are quite rare. But astral projection, not at will just doing it, going to bed one night and just becoming aware of yourself leaving your body and going somewhere and then going perhaps to another realm. And in my case, sometimes I will see the realm before I get there, mm. clairvoyantly, and then, then you arrive there. You see the place first and then you arrive there. And quite often, if it's an important thing, you're helped by a guide. I've had some very interesting experiences, and I'm sure others have too. But just one was um, related to the Aetherius Society, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I actually, this is some years ago, and it's something I did tell Dr. King about. It was in his lifetime. I I literally um, left the body, and I was trying to do it, by the way. I wasn't like it just happened. I was trying to gain control over that thing and I put a lot of effort into it and a lot of time into it as well. All these things, I mean, I've spent thousands of hours on psychic development mm, on top general. of mm. the prayer and the, as well as the other I things see. that we do. You don't have to do that at all. The prayer is more important. The work is far more important. But I just have, have done that because I wanted to do it. Um, so I, I left the body. I was, I was travelling down quite fast through a forest so, and yet not bumping into trees. And I came to a sort of clearing on another realm and not a particularly good okay. one, by the yeah, way, not okay. a very elevated one. And there was like a railway station there. These, these realms have physical things on them. Um, that's a whole... And Dr King has talked brilliantly about that mm -hmm. and he's the, he's the expert on that. And then I was walking down a hill from this... I started walking then down um, a hill from this railway station and I couldn't really understand why people were kind of bumping into me. They, and then I realised they couldn't see me, of course. It'd be like being okay. a guide here. I see. You know? yeah. And then I, I went to this place and I, I knew where to go and I was being helped. I was being guided as well. I don't know who by, but I was being helped. I went to an old building, a kind of stone tenement block, it seemed like, and there there was... A kind of well, there was a there was a sign outside a room, or or a meeting hall, and it was an, the Aetherius Society symbol. I realised why I was there. I see. And it was a very ramshackle place, and I I was walking, so I walked up some steps to what was like a little sort of gallery, overlooking the the meeting, and I could see them, and they were ramshackle bunch of people, really, all due respect to them. But they were trying to. So there was an organiser, and I remember he had a brown leather jacket this organiser, 
somebody had a cup of tea in the middle of this meeting. It was very difficult. <laughs> he was okay. trying to get them together to pray. I see. And it was difficult. And then I must have suddenly, somebody pointed up at me. They could suddenly see me. And I must have, I don't know, illuminated or something. They all looked up and mm. pointed. And then when they saw, however I appeared to them, I don't know, they all gathered around and immediately started praying. And then, <laughs> then I came straight back to my body. Now, this was after, after Dr. King, I'm pretty sure it was after, certainly after he'd, he'd ordained me as a priest himself, okay. possibly after he'd, he'd consecrated me as a bishop. Mm. I came straight back to the body and um, in my bed and woke up. Mm. I mean, I was awake. I, I didn't go back to sleep. I was awake. I remembered the thing. Wow. And I wrote it down. Wow. But that's just one experience. I'm sure others have had a many, and sometimes you can have a beautiful experience mm. too on another realm. Mm. You can go there, and, <clears throat> and you can. And I mean, I, 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 my background was music, and I remember on one occasion seeing an orchestra playing without a conductor, and they seemed to be, and they were they were an orchestra with violins and so on, possibly a string orchestra, I think, but quite a you know I don't know twenty to twenty five people outdoors playing. But they were improvising cl classical music. And, I, you know, that was 25 people, which I don't think well, would be very feat, easy it? to do because it was the music was developing itself. Sure, it was kind of yeah. I was intrigued by it. And on another occasion, I, I heard some music on another realm which had chords. For those who, who, who know music, a lot of people do understand basic music, that if you played them on this realm, it would sound discordant because the notes were so close together. Mm. And yet on that realm, they didn't. And I've, I've never forgotten it. It was like a, I don't know, the, sort of a chunky, uh, crisp, um, incisive block of sound. Wow. Uh, but it was, as I say, it wasn't discordant. And it mm. should have been by, mm. by, our standards by if we were writing it here. Yeah. yeah. How uh, that worked, I don't know. So... so um, I, I'm fascinated by astral projection and particularly like consciously right. determined. And if you, you've probably had, 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 you know. Yeah, many as well. Yeah, and, okay. um, yeah. you know, all degrees, like what you say, like some mm. of them you just, you know, they feel like a dream. Others are so intense and so real and so mm. vibrant, you know. Mm. And I've, I've talked to um, my wife about this a lot as well. She, yeah. You know, we talk about the kind of those, those sort of dreams that you have where yeah. just, you wake up and you can feel the weight coming back into your yeah. body and you're sweating and yeah. you're just like, You've just come back from somewhere. You mm. know? I think a lot of people can resonate with that. Yeah. But, but it, it, it seems to me like, you know, we've got these psychic centers and there's also these other kind of categories, sort of more like psychic powers or spiritual powers. Um, yeah. But it seems like the result to me of also um, activating the chakras at the end of the day to some yeah. extent. By um, the way, uh, talk before we leave dreams, yeah. which are interesting. I mean, yeah. and Dr. King didn't put a lot of store by dreams, but mm. a lot of them are, 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 they can be a variety of things. I used to do mm. dream interpreting on oh, Radio yeah. London, BBC Radio London, and yeah. also on Liberty Radio sometimes. Because the, when I did dream interpreting, I wasn't using, you know, um, the moon means this and the earth means that, like a dictionary of meanings, you know, almost. It was... Is first of all, is this an out of body experience? Yes. You know, is this some kind of visionary dream? Mm. Is this just a jumble of thoughts which doesn't have much meaning at all? Mm. And those know, are great categories, actually. A good that's dream really, interpreter yes. would need to break those things down. I've done talks on it in the past as well. But, you know, dreams can be revealing, but you've also got to know what they're not. Yes. And yeah. sometimes they are absolutely real experiences. I mean, we, we have. Um, 
uh, a member in Nigeria who told us, again, it's an anecdote, that um, he had a dream with, and he met his, got to get this right, I think it was his dead mother, and she told him details, including addresses in this dream that he didn't know, which then explained the meaning of her will that had been left out in the will. Wow. And he got it all from a dream. It's a pretty helpful dream. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So people Great. can meet their loved ones in dreams. And, yeah. well. and many report that, by the way. Now, again, you've got to, you've got to discriminate carefully. Was this a real experience? Was mm. this my, um, my wishes, my aspirations, my hopes? But, you know, the, 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 the orthodox dream interpreter would just break it down into one category only and use their own particular codified method, which will differ from another sure. dream interpreter anyway. Sure. Um, but again, you know, you, it, it is, it's, a, it's an area of interest and some people have experiences through dreams and some people have out-of-body experiences in dreams which they remember. One little tip I would give very frequently, if it is a genuine out-of-body experience, when you come back to the body, when it ends, You'll wake up immediately. You'll be yeah. you'll be awake in the bed. Yeah, mm. yeah. No, I can definitely mm. resonate with that. No, I think that's actually a great idea for a future show because those categories you've given, I mean, like totally reflect the ways that I could categorize. Mm. You know, all the experience that that mm. I've had. And of course, there's there's mention again in the nine freedoms mm. of you know if you manifest something in your uh, waking state, you'll manifest it in your dream state because mm. the point Dr. King made, and and, and I think it's in reference to the, I think it's the second freedom in reference to love energy. Yeah. If you if you manifest this in your waking. You'll manifest it in your dream. People can do great good in their dreams on other realms. Mm. They can do healing. They can do teaching. You can come back the wiser. You've come back with knowledge you didn't have before you went to bed that night. And you don't know why. Um, and the, the, it, it's a very interesting thing. And it leaves, as it were, the Freudian, for example, dream interpreter in the oh, cold totally a lot of it. Dust, you know, it's... Yeah. Um, Again, it's the metaphysical element, which I think Carl Jung, from what little I know, tried to bring in. Um, and, you know, something I often mention, because I've got his red book, which is quite well known, and, and I'm no Jungian and I'm... I bought that as well. OK, you've got it. <laughs> All right. But there's not many people who bought that. Yeah. That's just you and me. But he did claim, I believe, to channel Lay Out Say. OK. Um, that's an interesting fact. But... Then he, he had to ascribe it to having had a breakdown himself and so on. And this, this can happen. People get told, you know, well, that was just a, a bipolar thing. That was Both can happen. Mm. You can get people who think they're having psychic experiences who aren't, mm. who are having mental health issues of one kind or another, but the other can happen too. It's um, one thing I just want to bring the, the show to before we close here, just coming back to the, the yogic elements that you mentioned, because mm. I think they, yeah. they really help to ground... They're key, they're crucial. Yeah. They help to ground Absolutely our understanding of psychic powers. Yeah. So, I mean, you've talked about developing concentration, basically, as yeah. a foundation, and the, there's obviously... That is kind of the, the beginning of yoga, really. It should... It? It's the beginning of yoga. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it, it, it's uh, in, in the sort of Patanjali mould. Okay, sure. It's one of the steps. I yeah. think it's the sixth step. Um, after, you know, Prachahara de detachment from sense objects. Mm. And you do need that control. I mean, I, I mentioned in a previous show that I, I, I stayed in a former monastery in, in Sicily and we had quite disturbing experiences during which some of the monks who should have moved on and hadn't and didn't like it being a hotel, that was their problem. They strongly objected to people coming and staying. Um, they didn't really, actually, to be honest, like women staying there at all. 
Um, yeah, and okay. they, they're trying to keep what it had been, which was mm. a very yeah. prominent, not, you know, it was a welfare centre at one point. It was a key place on the island. And, but, you know, they, they, need, they needed to move on. But what I also experienced when that happened, um, it was our fault because we'd started doing some mantra part, at a part of the thing and it wakened all this, this, this wow, stuff. Wow, interesting that overnight. Do that. Yeah. yeah. But it was, it was obviously going on, though, behind the scenes, but most yeah, people okay. didn't, weren't aware of it. Okay. But I felt this terrible, terrible sadness in the building. So it was a, it's a great hotel, as such that I've never wanted to go back and stay there again. Almost like the building itself was sad. It was almost like weeping into the sea. Mm. If it, that sounds very emotional, but that's what, how it kind of felt to be used in that manner. Rightly or wrongly, I'm not saying what's right or wrong, but that's how it felt. Now, this is where your yogic training... I, and, and, and it affected me more than it should have done. It was very upset. I found it very upsetting. And you do need, in, in psychic work, detachment and control. Mm -hmm. Control's the key word. So it, it, you know, part two of Unlock Your Psychic Powers should be called Control Your Psychic Powers. Okay, yeah. Because, and these are elements of yoga development, obviously, right? Yeah, so and you can't control yoga. something you haven't unlocked, but it's not, unlock isn't enough. Of You've course. got to control it. Yeah, so I think, you know, like what I take away from today is that, you know, that we all have this innate, these innate we do. Um, potential within us. Yeah. That. A lot of us are already experiencing it in different ways, yeah. but because of our society in various ways is blocked or suppressed. But, um, you know, the Nine Freedoms especially, it's, it's telling us how we can begin to express this. Yes. Uh, and, and with, you know, an understanding of yoga and bringing this together, it's also how we can begin to develop this foundation that will put us in, in the best position to be able to develop and control, as you described, these psychic powers, most of all for helping others. Yeah, and then yeah. there's some great advice given by St. Guling, mm. and I can't remember the exact words, but oh, it yeah. was something along the lines of, you know, develop your psychic powers and then use, keep the ones, this isn't the exact words, that you can use in service and leave the others. That's a beautiful, beautiful one, Daniel. Thank you. Everybody's down here. Thanks for tuning into the show. Now, if you enjoyed that episode, don't forget to subscribe for more wisdom from the Nine Freedoms. If you'd like to find out more about the Nine Freedoms, about Mars Sector 6 by Dr. George King, go to our website, that's ethereus.org. Richard and I love hearing from you, receiving your comments, your questions, your spiritual experiences, and talking about them on the show. So do write to us, share them with us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. Always remember that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. See you next time.